Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our members of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position along with your favorite beverage to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine our show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from the audience of Smith Weekly, including Nick W., Mike P., Gordon S., and Craig S. We have a new guest on the program today. Mr. Mark Prefontaine is with us. Mark is the president and CEO of Angel Wing Metals, a gold and silver focused startup exploration company that is focused on its Lorena exploration project along the Sierra Madre Occidental gold silver belt in Norwich State, Mexico. Angel Wing Metals is listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol AWM. Mark, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome. Oh, thank you very much. Well, Mark, why don't we kick it off here? You're a new guest of ours, a new company. Usually we start off here with just having you tell the audience about your background and experience in this little tricky junior natural resource sector and why you stay in the business. I am a geologist. I'm in my early 60s now, so I've been doing this and studying this for over 40 years. I got into it because I was in Alberta and wanted a piece of the uh, oil boom. There were no jobs, so ended up in mining and uh, just kept getting jobs. Uh, I've, I've lived all over the world for Tech and Hunter Dickinson and uh, some smaller companies. And in 20 years ago, I ventured into taking on my first junior company, which was uh, Grade Resources. Grade started at uh, a $5 million market cap, had a couple of old properties, and I put together a land position in Northern Mexico uh, called the Landia Project, which uh, eight years later, Agnico Eco bought us for $275 million. And we took it from six rocks in my backpack to uh, about one and a quarter million ounces open pit heap leach. Less than a year, Agnico had it in production. It's been producing 100,000 ounces a year for the last 11 years. And it's sad to say, it's almost time flies. It's, um, they're starting to wind the project down. So. That was my first venture, and I might mention during that, I only raised a total of, uh, from taking it from grassroots and over a course of eight years, I only raised $26 million. And with that money, drilled over 550 holes and did a full pre-feasibility, brought it through discovery and full pre-feasibility. So it's gotten, things have gotten more expensive and my, my jaw kind of drops at prices now, but I, I did all that for 26 million bucks and sold it for 275 million at 280 a share. When I took it over, it was about three cents a share. Took a bit of time searching a few board positions and then I co-founded Orla Mining with a fellow by the name of John Graham, who, who's Trinity Partners and Hans Smith and Pierre Lassonde and my former chairman at, at Grade, uh, Rich Hall. and a few others and that was a five million dollar shell spent two years uh looking for projects we ended up 
sadly picking up one, but it got us going in Panama. And then, of course, we bought Camino Rojo from uh, Goldcorp. And that mine has been in production for two years. Again, when I left, you know, wanted to get a mine developer in there and build it. Um, so I exited stage left and they brought in a great CEO. So we took that one from a $5 million market cap. I think it was about 220, 240 market cap when I left. And now it's a billion and a half market cap. Again, took a bit of time searching for the right thing. I seem to have had good luck in Mexico. I like Mexico. So Cal Everett kind of approached me and I flew down and took a look at the Lorena project. Gold, potential open pit, just like my other two companies and projects. And there was a really, you know, there's Cal involved, which is exciting. Some really good people on the board, very good people on the board. And uh, then there's uh, a great geological team that, that they'd put together down there that's doing good work. The, the team of geologists down there discovered Anna Poloff with, uh, I can't remember the name of the original company. It's with Heliostar now. And so we have this project. This is as green as it gets. I, um, I'm having a bit of project envy when I start talking to people with big advanced projects like I used to have. This one is as grassroots as it gets. There's never been a drill hole. We have soil anomalies, surface showings, and I think we're just about ready to go drill it. So again, this one was more expensive. I think it was a 9 million market cap when I took it over and put my money in. But uh, we're going to, uh, we should be ready to drill pretty soon, I think. So we'll see if I can do it a third time lucky. And I appreciate you covering this off because I think it's important for the audience to take a look at those other companies you mentioned and some of the successes you've had. And then, of course, Cal, quite successful himself and very, very savvy with respect to the market and some of these companies and obviously picking out some pretty dang good targets that result in some pretty nice deposits we've seen as well. So very excited to talk to you a little bit more about the project details in a moment. But I want to have you, given your experience, maybe come back here and talk to us about the broad junior gold silver sector for a moment. You know, any thoughts here as far as sentiment? It's been a long road. You know, people are pretty beat up. You know, the current prices in the junior segment and where you think good value is really placed given the current conditions for the juniors. You know, at my age, I've been through this cycle so many darn times. It's uh, it's not for the faint of heart working in this business or being a geologist. I guess right now, the majors and the gold producers, their prices are deflated. And so that, that translates down to us. I guess with 5% interest rates, why would you buy a gold stock when you can buy a GIC at, or invest and you know invest your money at 5%? So we have that competition. We have the, the crypto competition. And I don't know, it's just a cycle that I, I guess I'm, old enough and now I just I don't get over emotional about it I just it is what it is and you know it's going to turn we had signs of it not that long ago and for me I like gold and gold is uh, 
gold prices are high, eventually one would think people want to invest. There's a demand for owning gold stocks. So uh, it, it, it's tough out there. It's, uh, you know, money isn't, you're, you're just watching people raising money at cheap prices. That seems to be the way it's been for quite a while. And we'll just see it. But you know what? If you just look, the market still loves a good drill hole. Boy, oh boy, you know, every once in a while we hear of a good drill hole and a 300% gain in the stocks. They don't stay up there, but the market loves a good drill hole. So there's still an interest in this. It sure does. And there should be interest because obviously we're using the minerals that are coming out of these, hopefully to be one day economic and productive assets. You started in a little bit here, but uh, on the history of the company and overview, but why don't you just give us a quick history, you know, how you came across this specific vehicle, Angel Wing, and how that package was put together. Obviously, the focus now is is on La Reda in Mexico, but just talk about how this was structured, why you came on board. This has been overhauled. You know, tell us a little bit about that. One of the people Cal worked with for years at Liberty Pilot um, is... Or, it, his main geologist, her husband was assembling a land package that he knew of in Mexico, south of, uh, so just south of Mazatlan, but in Nayarit state, really easy access. And Cal caught wind of it, heard about it and liked it and said, oh, geez, you know, we should put this in a junior. Cal had retired from Liberty. It was in, while well, he was taking a sabbatical there up till a few months ago. And I think Cal has always wanted to be involved with a grassroots discovery. So for some reason, he ended up putting it into Angel Wing, uh, which was formerly Hunter Exploration. It was a shelf they were looking for and had the right people he wanted and uh, a decent enough share structure. So that's where it ended up. And so they, this is not something I put together. This is something other people put together. So they had put to, together, put together an exploration team and we're working on surface exploration. There's all kinds of veins, a huge alteration system with showings everywhere. And it just never has been drilled. It, it was, parts of it were held by juniors in the past, but we just don't see any history of any drilling or real drilling. So I heard about it because I know Cal. Cal was a big investor in grade. And he's also good friends with um, a fellow Murray John, who's the chairman of Prime Mining, which has a project just north of there. And I happened to sit on the board of Prime for almost five years with Murray now. And they, the, the, the people all knew that I was out looking for uh, my next job and thought this might interest me. So we got to got on a Zoom call with Cal and I ended up flying down to Mexico looking at it and uh, signed on, put a bunch of money into it and here we go. So we're almost at the drill ready stage to go drill the first, to go dr do the first phase of drilling. I want to come back uh, to drill targets and those things in just a moment, but we'll stay on cap structure for a moment and then uh, talk a little bit about people. So on the cap structure here, Mark, talk about where we are with shares outstanding, cash on hand, and maybe talk about where that gets you here with the drill program and then major shareholders. Sure. Okay. 
one thing I pushed for to join was to roll the shares back a bit because it's so grassroots. So we now have 60 million, 67 million shares out. So not, unfortunately not 25 million, but 67 million we can work with. We have 2 million cash after doing a full, almost a full year of expiration. Drilling will cost about, I'm saying the first phase, about 1.1 million is what my budget is. So, you know, in reality, 1.5. So I would say we, we do have enough money to drill, but uh, if yeah, if the market picks up, I, I sure would like to put a bit of buffer money in there. Not too much. Um, you could... With with Orla, we did big acquisitions, so there were big financings. With Grade, all my financings were small, and that's why I only needed 26 million. So, you know, so we'll we'll if the next raise we do will be enough money to to uh, to do our work, but uh, I don't need to uh, don't need to go out with uh, cheap 10 20 cent share prices and put 50 million bucks in the bank and blow everybody up. I think that's good. That covers off highlights on where we look with as far as equity financing in the future. So folks can understand that and stay tuned. Also, if you don't mind where you can on this, I know some of it's confidential, but major shareholders at this point. I would say Cal, myself, there's a couple of funds in there, Merck and Gold 2000. There's some others. Uh, And then, I would say that the shareholder base is people that are very close business associates with myself, Cal especially, Mark Sontrup in Toronto, who's on our board. He is the PM of uh, Interboard. So the stock, you can see it doesn't trade that much, and that's because the shares are in very close hands. With that, you mentioned a few names there. Maybe just talk a little bit about your support team, Mark. Obviously, you're the leader here, and you have a quite a cast of characters that are quite supportive and know each other. But maybe just highlight a few of the key people that are helping you out. Let's start with the board. Cal, of course. Cal is a high-energy mover and shaker, as anybody in the junior game knows, especially in Vancouver and Toronto. Then you have... Alex Marcutt, who's a VP at Osisco, engineering geologist, very competent person, uh, very pragmatic. You have Mark Sontrup, who's a PM at Interward, uh, you know, knows the finance game and all the all the players. And then Mark Santarosa, who has a, a daily newsletter. He's the uh, VP corporate development of Orion, uh, accounting and banking background, analyst background. So a a very, a small, lean, mean, um, very experienced board that are actually wonderful to work with. And then on the site, our country manager, you know, the person that runs it all is is a geologist lady by the name of Jillian Curville very experienced, was involved with a lot of discoveries. She'd been down living in Mexico for 30, over 30 years and worked for tech, was involved with, you know, the the discoveries of San Nicolas, 
I can never remember the name of the project that Torex has that they sold that to Torex. Um, and then on, on her own, uh, she and uh, a couple of other senior geologists, Alfredo and Omar, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, the three of them were a team and uh, were working, had some financing, working kind of with a fund and, and a shell that Lundin owned a lot of. And, and uh, they ended up with a package of ground that I think was part of the tech package and uh, discovered Anapala, which is, I can't remember how big it is, one, one and a half million ounces, one, one and a half million ounces. And that was a grassroots discovery. So everybody has uh, got a lot of experience. And of course, then we have some young people that we're grooming. We've all done it before. We all like the project. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's never been drilled. So good for you for picking up some younger folks, because I think that wisdom transfer and just competency in the mining sector, energy sector completely is really down substantially. How many engineers are we seeing come out that are mine engineers yeah. from schools? And, yeah. And, and, and keep, keep in mind, we're still a very small project. So it's a very small staff. We, we haven't built up an army. We, you, you'd need a couple of drill programs with a lot of success before you really started staffing up, especially with me trying to mine the purse strings. I'm pretty tight. Absolutely, Mark. Okay, so why don't we talk a little bit about, uh, I'd like to hear from you, just your overall take. I mean, you're very experienced in Mexico. Uh, I'd like to have you cover off some of your thoughts related to some of the natural resource related regulations that have been changing there and just your ability and confidence level to deal with Mexico to not only get along with the government bureaucracy that we have there, but also, you know, how this translates with your experience into success for the company, Mark. About three hours after I signed the contract and we put the press release out on Angel Wings, AMLO, the president, I'll just refer to him just refer to them as AMLO. They put out they were changing the mining laws. So Murphy's Law, I think I would have waited a couple of weeks uh, before signing it that come out first. So Mexico is a mining country with a strong background in mining and people like mining. It's been good for their economy and they get good jobs. So you have that history there. They brought out new mining laws that uh, are a little adversarial. Some of the stuff makes sense. Some of it doesn't. One thing they did is they're, uh, oh, we'll just stick to that first. It, it just makes makes permitting a little, little more stringent. Although the permitting in Mexico to permit a mine you go through the same processes as you would in Canada. Of course, a little little more money involved and stuff like that. Look, it's all part and parcel, but uh, there's some stuff in there that I'm just not going to get into. And, and the odds are the Supreme Court is going, to, uh, is going to throw it out. And one of the things is uh, if you have title concessions, your title is secure, but... Oh, to expand on your ground, it's, it's going to get tougher. There's concession applications. So if somebody wants to go stake some ground, the first thing they do is it's kind of a, a semi-paper staking land thing. 
you you submit your your claim outline to the Ministry of Mines, and they'll usually issue they'll issue uh, a piece of paper that okay you have a concession application so nobody can go over top of you, and it used to be a 60-day process to have that application turned into a full title concession. They Amlo Bosi he has not handed he has not turned an application into a full title concession through his full, which will coming up on five year term. And as a matter of fact, the previous president hadn't titled concession in three years. So, and so they've said they're throwing them all out, but uh, what's happening now in the courts and it's happening with us too, is federal judges are saying that's unconstitutional, that uh, you can't revoke if you've given something, you just can't take it back. So it's just kind of a mixed up time down there where you have the federal judges, companies all, we did the same. You, you file appeals on your untitled and your titled concessions and federal judges are ruling in our favors that we're all under the old mining law. The governments can, of course, keep appealing it and all that, but it sounds like it's all in front of the Supreme Court now that may turn it down. Now, the Supreme Court has had a tradition. AMLO has done this with energy, with other things where he's brought in a bunch of kind of knee-jerk new laws that he gets arm twisted through the Senate. And then it's happened on most of the stuff he's done. The Supreme Court throws it out and that may happen. And then you have, of course, there's an election, presidential election in July. So his one term is up. And so he will exit stage left. They have their election in July and then they turn over the, the power in the government's change in December. I'm not saying, you know, some of the, some of the, a couple of things in his new mining law make perfectly good sense. And people would roll in their graves that I, maybe I say that, but they're, there's some stupid stuff, but there's some good stuff, and it just needs to be hashed out. Supreme Court may throw it all out, and there'll be a new government in in December. Now, the new government will probably be more aligned with AMLO than, say, the old days of Calderon and Vincente Fox. Uh, so I think just stay tuned. Uh, so I think what we've done, and Cal is really good about that, is... We monitor it, we were able to work. I, I've got all my drill permits. Until finality has been happening, there's no use reacting to anything. We do legally what we need to do and are, have been successful in just making sure that we and our shareholders are protected and the grounds protected. But this is all going to play out, and I think it's just a matter of not overreacting to it all, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. I mean, very good points, and I think your approach to this is protect the grounds to the best of your ability is key here. Obviously, you guys aren't near as impacted as some of these operators that are there uh, with productive assets. But I think your approach is right, because there's still a lot of unknowns about this everybody's still confused and there hasn't really been anything well there is a precedence but there'll be some other decisions coming to reinforce how this goes and let's be honest you take mining away from mexico i'm sorry this is going down the toilet yeah it's um 
it, it it's overwhelming what a mining country it is and there's Absolutely. very good qualified people and uh and boy those people don't want to uh don't want to end their livelihoods either let me tell you oh for sure it's it's like cutting off at least one leg if you cut this out and not only mention the loss of wealth for the country and economics i mean again yeah. uh, people like to hang their hat on environmental concerns and all this crap and the reality is is you can mine responsibly we've seen it done of course there's always a bad apple in the barrel sometimes but that happens and you know um, and and it, in mexico the bad apples are usually the small little you know couple of local mexican people that uh put something together don't fully permit it properly and and don't have the money and, and resources to fully support it it's uh, you know there's always yeah after mount Polly, i'm never going to say that a canadian mining company is above accidents and stuff like that sure yeah there's a certain standard of care and a standard of quality i suppose and how you conduct these businesses for sure and you know people just need to get back to the basics and understand that people have been trying to do their best with respect to these efforts okay let's talk lorena i want to get right into the project here now because i know that's an exciting part that you want to discuss here with the expiration program that you mentioned that's coming up maybe you can give us a flavor as to when you think that'll kick off mark and then how those initial expiration targets were selected i mean what did you see that was compelling and how did you guys select those targets for the first drill program the program has been ongoing. There's, there is, ever since I've joined, there, there's been at least a dozen people in the field collecting soil samples, mapping, and sampling for the past 12 months exactly. So, and there's been a couple of million dollars spent on that. So, although we haven't been making news, I put out an update a couple of weeks ago. Expiration is ongoing. It's just that we don't have drills turning that you're continuously announcing stuff. So so what I would say is what we saw and what we're focused on is, and it covers a big part of uh, the claims, you know, it's an 11,000 hectare property. Uh, there is a, there's a, there's a 10 by 10 kilometer alteration zone in the right Sierra Madre volcanics and it's prominent you can see it it's just like when i walked on la india what you noticed first was this big alteration system and then you would see workings and go geez there's gold there and la india was a little different in that it was only 10 kilometers from mulattoes so and a different style of mineralization but this one is kind of the same sort of thing it's a big alteration system with countless veins and they and there's workings everywhere and so what you do is we're focused on that area so what i sort of and and i didn't need to tell these geologists they're good what what we liked was there's areas where there is a bunch of you know sub parallel veins because the veins are anywhere from a half meter sometimes five meters wide but Give them a couple of meters wide. So a two meter wide vein, yeah, you know, you don't, you're, you're, you're not going to build tons quickly on that. But if you have six of them running parallel, 
and they all have various gold grades and stuff like that and so old workings what we want to do is we've picked a few areas we're going to take a drill we're going to drill an angled hole and cut across say four or six veins and what i'm hoping for is i know we'll get gold in the veins but what i'm hoping for is in between the veins there's more veinlets or veins that we don't see on surface or some disseminated mineralization in the alteration that carries so that rather than having four separate two meters at five gram intercepts we get call it 80 meters at 1.7 2.5 grams that's the target i'm looking on our first drill pass for bulk mineable open pit targets and we have several areas and lots of space we have the veins there's people that have been chipping away at them at surface or in small tunnels forever that's the target i guess i could go on and on about the chlorate you know the the mineralogy and this and that but the bottom line is that's what we're chasing is we're tr going to aim the drill and try to drill and, and get ore grade over mining width. And it's, uh, yeah, one in 5,000 projects turns into a mine. The odds are probably higher now, but that's what they were when I was doing my master's at Queens years ago. So, yeah, I like I said, I could go on and on. And uh, I'm probably a pretty, I'm not the best promoter, but uh, that's that's how I see it is, we have, there's four, you know, there's 14 areas of workings on these claims and we're going to pick a few of these areas. We're just, we just finished a little ground geophysics. Uh, I actually need to see the results of that. And we're going to plan out a drill program in the next few weeks and then just decide when to do it. Okay, that's good. And I like the the mention there about the one in 5,000. The odds are definitely against us, but we can improve those odds with a good team and with some good experience, I think. And obviously yeah. with perspective ground, obviously that's a given. If you have a good management team, you're probably going to get the yeah. right ground. If you talk to Cal, the odds, because he, we're involved, you know, he's involved, the odds are one-to-one, -one, but <laughs> that's... Uh... I like that. Yeah, Cal's great. Okay, just expand a little bit more. You know, you've dealt with Mexico a lot. You've, you know, the players involved. You've looked at, you know, you know the mines, you know the deposits in Mexico. You've seen this project. You've spent time on it. Obviously, you agreed to come on board with what Cal has put together here and lead this. Two things. What's the potential here? It obviously, I think you guys were thinking it could be big, but what's the potential reality? And then also, what do you think the time frame is to, demonstrate some of that potential is it something that's going to happen over the next three years what do you what do you see on time frame and potential yeah look we're we're going to drill within the next four months if not the next two months from there ho hopefully we get some intercepts and then go into a multiple drill program the ground is right the pan-american highway goes right through the edge of the ground um it's it's very easy access there's nobody living on top of it by the way, we have drill, we have enough drill pads and drill areas permitted that we could drill with multiple rigs for the next four years. We're fully permitted. We've done all of our legwork on that. What we're after is, uh, you know, a million plus open biddable target. So we'll go drill, 
I'm optimistic that we'll come up with some of these areas. We'll get some holes that say, okay, now we can show investors we're onto something. Let's get at it with two or three drills and just methodically move up. Uh, if the gold is there, this could move quickly. People talk, there's some, you know, potentially some deeper porphyry targets and all that. We'll, we'll sneak a peek at those when the money's right. But right now, to drill across those sub-parallel veins, vein areas, to see if we can come up with a bulk mineable target. I've done it a couple of times before. I have a good sense of what it takes. I like the alteration. I like the showings. After three years sitting in the background saying, no, I jumped into this one. I, I'm not going to make any promises because there's just, it's just so early that it could go either way. But I don't know. I had a good feeling walking around the ground and that's why I signed on. 40 years of my geological gut and always in the back of my mind, everything I've ever done and people have whispered and I've said it is, let's not kid ourselves. So I know I like that approach. No promises. And this is very super high risk uh, expiration, complete greenfield, as you said, yeah. um, there's not yeah. much there. There's no historic data. So here we are. So yeah, looking yeah. forward to seeing that progress. Um, yeah. And important to bear in mind, you're, you're dealing with a, what, a $9 million company. You're not dealing with a hundred million dollar company saying, you know, we're going to go on, do our first drill program. So the risk return can be good, but it's expiration. It's risk. Yeah, it doesn't get any riskier than this for sure. Talk just briefly too as well, Mark. I, I know this is an area that you've had to deal with in, in past ventures, but I know this is early stage. Of course, this company is very small, but overall community efforts, you know, this is important, uh, always has been, and people who know how to do it, it's second nature to them. But just talk about that. Any comments on community efforts at this point? So we, we do have surface agreements with all the communities we need. We have a full-time ESG person. So I didn't come out boasting about it because the number one rule in life, no matter where you are, is treat people with dignity and respect. We have a full-time community relations person. And this person was in place, hired by Jillian and Alfredo, and of course, supported by the directors long before I showed up, months before I showed up. When I go down there, one of the first things I do is sit down with them. Same as I sit on the board of Prime Mining, they get, get a weekly report and a monthly report. And at the top is health safety community before you even read the expiration results. And, you know, I'm, I'm here talking about our expiration potential, but it's the first question I ask the people down there, everything okay, everybody's safe, the community guys out there talking to people. Right now, we're just walking around, we're, we're just people walking around with a little shovel or a geological rock hammer. So there's no machinery out there creating any disturbance, but we'll let them know. And you need to keep the people that live or have an interest in the surface you need to keep them in the loop the whole way through. If you do that, odds are, you know, Landia was able to be developed. A big part of uh, Agnico buying us, it was a small acquisition for them, but I had 
the surface under control. Orla, the change of land use came shortly after I left. That was the first thing we did is when we announced that we had acquired from Gold Corp Camino Rojo, it happened during the day. We had a, it happened to be our AGM that day, I, I think too, board meeting. I hopped on a plane and did a red eye into Zacatecas and the press release came out at say 9 a.m. Toronto time. I was standing in front of the community. 130 people attended that meeting at 10 a.m. in Mexico. So you got to you just got to treat people with dignity and respect and you're going to have your challenges. You're going to have people that ardently exposed. So that, yeah, it's huge. But I'm hoping by now a lot of it's second nature to me. Yeah, always an important area to make sure you have covered very well and growing in importance, as you and I discussed uh, with outside influencers. It continues to be very important to make sure yeah. that uh, this work is done properly to educate people properly and not have them misled. So I appreciate your comments on that. Just back to broad company strategy, Mark, maybe look out five years or whatever it is for us. You know, I, I have a very good feeling that this company, if successful, would look to sell off, be taken over and move on. But maybe there's a small part of the company that maybe wants to bring an asset into production and move that way. But just talk about how you see the ultimate exit strategy for you and this company. You keep moving a project forward. That was our philosophy of grade and something I learned from Rich Hall, who has mentored me and shared grade. He was the CEO of Metallica. You keep moving the project forward. And if somebody happens to make an offer you can't refuse, you exit. That's what happened at grade, but we were fully ready to staff and build it. We weren't at that stage yet. And in uh, Orla, made the acquisition and Chuck Jeunesse and Pierre Lassonde their mission was to make Orla a mid-tier producer. Orla moved forward and got built. And with that came changes to the team from exploration focus to producers and operators. We'll do the same thing with this one. We're going to move that project forward. Look, if, it, if for some reason exploration-wise it doesn't pan out, I can't think of anybody better than Cal to help me find a plan B project. So I'm, I've put money into it. I've taken my friends and colleagues money. I'm not going anywhere. So hopefully it just turns into a great expiration success and you just keep moving it forward and you'll staff and change accordingly. Like in five years time, Cal will be well into his seventies. I'll be in my late sixties. So there's, you know, if, if this thing's successful and moving that way, we need a succession plan. But right now we're a $9 million junior that hasn't drilled a hole. And so we have plenty of expertise and knowledge. We'll take it one step at a time. Well said, excellent. Well, Mark, let's leave it there. I really appreciate your time. Uh, final uh, two questions before we go. The first one, for potential investors who are listening in here, the company has a market capitalization today of about 8 million Canadian dollars. Why should Angel Wing Metals be considered within the institutional family office and retail investors portfolio at this stage? 
the people involved. You have a good project. It's as high risk as it gets, but it's an $8 million valuation. If part of your investment strategy is to invest in a few of these high risk juniors, this is a good one. Because two, with the people involved, we have the experience, we know how to move the project forward. We think and hope we know where to put the drill holes. And if it works out, great. And if it doesn't, we're not going to give up. We just keep moving forward. These things take time, but at this valuation, if part of your strategy is investing in these cheap, high-risk juniors, do it. Now, don't put all your money into it. <laughs> That's for sure. I wouldn't, and I don't. I put a lot of money, a fair sum of my personal money into this, but money I can afford to lose. And as the next financings go, I'll put more in. Really, that speaks volumes uh, to us on, on how you guys approach this, and I appreciate your your brief comments on why folks should consider this. Mark, what is the best way for interested parties to contact the company at this point? If you look at any press release or on the website, my email is there, mprefontaine at angelwingmetals.com. If you just click on any press release on the site, it, it should be there. I need to, uh, admittedly, need to uh, get an info and, and get, get somebody part-time to just help me monitor things a little bit. It's been pretty quiet, so people have been able to find me and I don't spend any money on corporate. Any presence is in Mexico. I rent an office for 1200 a month downtown and I think I can run it till it's about a $250 million market cap out of the one room. Well, Mark, really appreciate the introduction here. Looking forward to seeing things progress at the company and best of luck uh, with the upcoming exploration work. Thank you again. Yeah, for well, time. thank you very much for the opportunity. It's uh, really kind of you to uh, not knowing me before and, and such an early stage company. I really appreciate you giving us the opportunity to chat with you.